is Fantasy Football Today from CBS Sports. Here we go! Email us at fantasyfootball at cbsi.com. Here we go! It's time to dominate your fantasy league. Let's go! Now, here's some combination of Adam, Dave, Jamie, and Heath. Well, preseason week two was yeah, pretty revealing, pretty interesting. Tony Pollard looked great. Darwin Thompson looked great. Starting running backs also look great. Welcome to the show. Welcome to the Monday episode of Fantasy Football Today. It's a four-man show today. I'm Adam Azer. Let's say hello to the uh, cast and characters. Jamie Eisenberg, good morning, sir. Good morning, Adam. Hello. Yes, Jamie and I had a great time on Saturday night on Ion Fantasy Football. Thank you all for calling in. Dave Richard. I just appreciate you wearing pants. (laughs) Oh, on Saturday night? Well, yeah, you know, I had to leave the house. Uh, I could have could have pulled off shorts, I guess. Dave, how did how was the Steelers Chiefs game? You were in attendance. It, it was great. Had a good time. Uh, talked with Andy Reid for a little bit after the game, and I mean a little bit. Um, but a lot of interesting players coming out of that game. A lot of big games. A lot of young players popped. Yeah, that may have been the most interesting game of the weekend. Heath, how was the? I assume beach and barbecuing. Uh, no beach, but I did make some delicious steaks on Saturday night. Had steak and shrimp. And grilled vegetables. Fantastic. Nice. And I was very proud of myself. I made pineapple fried rice, and it was really, really average. I will do better next time. Okay. Let's make some bold predictions based on preseason week two or something like that. Heath, start me off with a bold prediction. This shouldn't be bold because he did it last year, but based on all the rankings, it is. So Tyler Lockett will repeat as a top 12 wide receiver in non-PPR leagues this season. He's the only good wide receiver in Seattle. There's no reason to think he's not going to get 22 to 24% of the targets, which would probably mean somewhere between 100 and 120 targets with his career efficiency as a thousand yard season, eight to 10 touchdowns. Tyler Lockett, top 12 in non-PPR. I love it. I already have ranked that way. I do too now. Yeah, it's uh, it, it's it's gonna be fun to have him this year. I'm way behind on on him with you guys, and I was ready to write him up as a bust, and then I saw where his ADP was, comparative to where I had him ranked, and I I couldn't call him a bust anymore. Yeah, I think he should go in the fourth round. You can make a case the third with the receivers that are falling apart in front of him. Well, right, right. and so, that's the thing. Right, let's right. talk about that. Like, would you be saying he's the only good wide receiver in Seattle if DK Metcalf were healthy? Metcalf having knee surgery. Could be ready for week one, maybe not, but it doesn't seem like yeah. a very long-term injury for Metcalf, but it obviously helps Tyler Lockett's value. So how you know, would you be making that bold prediction if, if uh, DK Metcalf were healthy? I, I think you very easily could. We didn't know if DK Metcalf was ready to be a good NFL wide receiver yet anyway. I mean, I know there was one person who thought that he was going to lead the Seahawks yeah, in touchdowns. I still but... feel I still feel like he might. If he's there for week one, look, I don't disagree. We with... don't we don't know if he's a good NFL receiver yet. Right, he we has don't know if he's a bad one. I'm willing to take a, a flyer on him. Nobody seems to want to draft him. I still think DK Metcalf because because you're right. Like they don't have a great receiving core. So I mean, there's room for both of those guys to be good this year. Obviously, Lockett should go way ahead of Metcalf, but I mean, I I still I, even with this knee injury, I still think I want to draft Metcalf. It's I not a bad flyer, but it's it's. I think it, it's sort of in line with a lot of the guys that we talk about. That how long are you gonna hold on to him until he starts producing, and will he be there to help you come the beginning of the season based on the injury? You know, uh, I, I I really didn't factor in DK Metcalf at all when I was looking at Tyler Lockett. I mean, he was always a fourth round pick for me, and and like I said, now he's starting to creep up. I wouldn't want to draft him in the third round, but when you start to compare, like it, Antonio Brown's a no brainer. There's no chance I'm taking Antonio Brown over Tyler Lockett at this point. <laughs> okay. Wow. Uh, that's 
But what if what if Antonio Brown's back at practice? There's no tomorrow? chance I'm taking Antonio Brown over Tyler Lockett at this point. Even in PPR, there is no chance that I'm taking Antonio Brown over Tyler Lockett at this point. All right, Jamie, do you have a bold prediction to give us? There is no chance that I'm taking. Um, I didn't know if you want to like bold, like wacky bold, or a bold bold. So I'll, I'll give you a bold bold. Uh, Justin Jackson will be the best Chargers running back this season. Okay, that'll work. That's pretty bold. Yeah, he's going super late as well. What did I just you think see that he's going to have the opportunity to score more touchdowns than Austin Eckler. So what he should be able to do carrying the ball um, will negate a little bit of what Eckler does in the passing game. And Eckler's had a hard time staying healthy in his career. So I could see Justin Jackson being the better replacement option. Do you think we, I'm not going to draft it that way, but that's the way I could see it happening. Do you think week one, what do you think the touch split will be between them in week one against the Colts? 60-40. Yeah, I'll go 50-50 carries, 70-30 targets. Right. And I, I, I think just Jackson will end up with more carries. So Jackson got two short yardage opportunities in this second game of the preseason. He failed on both of them. The week before, Eckler got some short yardage work, and he fumbled at the two-yard line. So, so far, so bad in that regard. But, you know, it just shows you one week they used Eckler there, one week they used Jackson there. It might be a little frustrating. Well, What's that? To be fair, they they in the first preseason game they used Eckler first, and then they went to Jackson, and Jackson scored on a short yardage touchdown, like four yards out. And then right. this week you saw you said it, Justin Jackson had the two attempts. Right. Um. All right. So so we're still drafting Eckler head, but really people like if you're going zero RB, it's a pretty good backfield to target right now, for sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, Even if you don't go zero RB. Yeah, seriously. I mean, when when should Austin Eckler? He's going to be the first one taken. He's definitely going to catch more passes than Jackson. But uh, when should Eckler be taken? When are you guys ready to go on him? Six, six in PPR. But if this continues, you could say five in PPR. I've got him at fifty nine. I'd rather take him in the six, but it's kind of like I've got Lockett at thirty six, and I'd rather take him in the fourth. So I'll, I'll say sixth for Eckler. Okay. And Dave, bold prediction. I believe you have two. Oh, I'm sorry. Before before you go, to Dave, the other one I was going to say was Jacoby Myers is better than Josh Gordon this year. <laughs> the- Wow. That one's less likely to come true, I think. That was, that was my wacky one. That, yeah, right. Okay. I don't, okay. right. All right, Dave, what do you got? Yeah. Um, two tight ends that I'm taking as top 12 options to be in the year. One of these two will be on every single one of my fantasy roster. Darren Waller, TJ Hawkinson. And I am and I'm willing to wait on tight end to get one or both of them. So are you out on the top three tight ends now? No, no, not at all. I still I still would prefer to have one of those top three tight ends. Um, and I still might even be in a rush to get one of them. But I'm I'm more I'm happier to go after the upside with both of those young tight ends than guys like Austin Hooper. Mark Andrews to me is is undraftable at this point. Najoku, I think, is a Najoke. Um and Vance McDonald, I still don't get it. I know everybody's super excited about him because of the potential opportunity in Pittsburgh. He's had opportunities before. Uh, I, I think I think the receivers in Pittsburgh are, are better than we realize, both Moncrief and James Washington. And I think mm-hmm. it's going to hurt McDonald. Mm-hmm. All right, so that's so Waller and Hawkinson are guys you're targeting. But you're not going to have them on all your rosters because you're not going to draft two tight ends if you draft one of the top three. Wrong. I'm no, gonna come do on. It. I'm gonna, Why I'm would gonna you do, do it. that? Because, Adam, if you've got a breakout tight end that you take with a late-round pick, you're going to be able to get a lot in trade for him. All right. I don't know, man. That seems... That's a lot to spend. That's a, that's a roster spot I'd rather a, have than another With position. a round 13 pick, I'd rather have two tight ends than two quarterbacks. 
Easily. Okay. Easily have rather have two tight ends than two quarterbacks. My bold prediction is the first two ad drops Dave makes dropping <laughs> the two tight ends to pick up Austin Hooper, who goes undrafted in one of his leagues. You can't you can't take those guys over Delaney Walker, right? I mean, he had a, oh, he had no, a no, 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 no. Right. I, I like Delaney a bunch. Okay. Uh, what's your other bold prediction? That that was the bold prediction. Oh, both of them. Okay. Two, two guys, one. but one position. Okay. Cool. Uh, my bold prediction is that Adam Thielen will be a top five wide receiver. I think I'm going to push back on some of the Adam Thielen uh, bust talk on this show. I know we we think he's more of a third-round pick than a second-round pick. But just like I don't want to make too much of preseason, but I'm just going to make a lot of last year. Adam Thielen is a great player. I don't want to doubt great players anymore. They're going to throw at least five times a game, which means Thielen will get at least three targets. No, they're going to throw. I mean, they're not going to just run the, the wishbone. So um, I, I think uh, I'm totally fine with Adam Thielen. I, I'm no longer... Like thinking he's going too early. That is, I'm with you by default. The the, the right. guys in front of him are just falling apart. But that is really bold to say he's going to finish better than he did last year when they throw the ball a hundred fewer times. I don't know that they are. I mean, we're assuming that, but I don't know that they are. I mean, I'm not really like I, I think Madison looks pretty average, and yeah. uh, like it's all looking good for Mike Cook. Bloom looks better. Yeah, yeah. So I, I don't know. I mean, that's their goal. That doesn't mean it's going to happen. And Thielen's just so. Good, you know. I just don't want to doubt. He was a great player, so. No, I'm I'm with you. It's just uh, it it's hard to say that he's better than Amari Cooper. It's hard to say that he's better than, you know, T. Y. Hilton at this point. It's hard to say that he's better than Keenan Allen. Than Keenan Allen, you know, who's banged up. It's uh. So I I personally it, would take him ahead and, of and, and I'd Cooper. rather take him over Stephon Diggs. I would take him over Diggs for sure. I w- I would take Thielen over Cooper, but not over Keenan Allen or T. Y. Hilton. Uh, that's me. So, so to me, I'm looking as a top 30 pick for Adam. But you Thielen. said a top five wide receiver. I'm well, that's to, a, which which of these? Like you're taking all these guys off the board. I look. It's a bold prediction. We don't have to. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I'm just saying that in terms of my confidence in Adam Thielen, it is it is there. It is it is there? I'm confident in him. Uh, in a somewhat shaky group of wide receivers, I feel good about Thielen. Yeah, I, I can't call him a bust anymore. Would you say you have a good feeling about it? I do. I do have a good feeling. All right. Today's sponsors. I have good feelings about these sponsors. FanDuel and SeatGeek. FanDuel.com slash FFT. FanDuel.com slash FFT. Sign up. If you haven't signed up yet, you go to that URL. You get a $5 bonus on your first deposit. And SeatGeek, the promo code is FFT. Download the SeatGeek app. I'm telling you, every time I need tickets to something, that's the first place I go, and it's typically the last place I go because I find great deals. And if you want to save 10 bucks on your first purchase, you use the promo code FFT on SeatGeek. I've got a couple of things I'm unveiling today. I'm going to read some Podcast League entries that I've enjoyed. And uh, we have a new Heath sigh that I think... Let's let's take a listen, see how we like this one. <sighs> That's pretty good. Pretty <sighs> exasperated. More of an H sound at the beginning. So that's good, Heath. I, I imagine that that's how Heath sounds after a Sunday's worth of work during the regular season. Like he gets home... Plops on his couch, lets out a sigh like that, and then cracks open a, a, pot, a cold. I was pot. thinking it sounded like I just had a taste of a very good beer. Mm. <sighs> <laughs> all right. Well, I'm glad we have uh, like definitions for all the size. Uh, let's do some buy or sell real quick here, and we will talk. Oh, today I should tell everybody what's coming up on today's show. You can try to read your emails at fantasyfootball at cbsi.com. If I don't get it uh, to the emails with Dave, Jamie, and Heath, I'll read them by myself. I'll give you a, a little bonus coverage. And you can tune out if you don't want to hear what I have to say. Um, but uh, 
we're going to talk about the round three and four running backs. The Marlon Mack, Josh Jacobs, Devontae Freeman, Mark Ingram, etc. group, Chris Carson, and really try to dive into them and see who we like and who we don't like because it is it is um, a little... Yeah, it's huge. It's just a huge portion of the draft, so we'll spend some time on that. All right, buy or sell, guys. Josh Gordon should be drafted ahead of Antonio Brown. If you told me 16 games, I'd buy it in a heartbeat. Sell. I will sell it, but I think that uh, they need to be drafted within like a round and a half of each other. Less. Can we talk about where we're at? Okay, Jamie. Jamie, Jamie is out on Antonio really Brown. Really are out on Antonio Brown. <laughs> Me and Mike Mayock, we're done. Oh, yeah. Oh, you know what I should have said? <sighs> on Antonio Brown. Yeah, man. He's He's... Not there because of the helmet again. And they're like, Mike Mayock's like, hey, either you're in or you're out. So it's crunch time. Talk about these two guys, Gordon and, and Brown. I mean, obviously you're taking Antonio Brown over Josh Gordon just with the, the chance of what Antonio Brown should be. But look, Josh Gordon played really well with Tom Brady last year. He played really well when Rob Gronkowski wasn't a big factor, wasn't on the field. And uh, somebody just, I, I just saw it tweeted that uh, Paul Hembeckitis. I don't know, at Paul Hembo on Twitter. Uh, Tom Brady averages more yards per attempt targeting Josh Gordon than any player during his career. 10.4 yards per attempt. Uh, he likes Josh Gordon. I mean, that, I think that's that's a big part of this is that he's going to have a big role on a team that, you know, needs him. And so they're, they're similar in, in some regard in that you don't know if they're going to be there for 16 games at this point. So, you know, if, if the choice is take Antonio Brown in round three or maybe round four, if he continues to slide with this latest mishap I guess um I'd rather just wait and take Josh Gordon in in round five or round six yeah I I do think they're opposite in one way in that I am more okay taking Brown at the end of round three in a PPR league in non-PPR he falls well into the fourth for me for Gordon I'll take him in the fifth in a non-PPR league but in PPR he's probably going to fall into the sixth so it's really close in non-PPR uh, I think believe Gordon averaged over 100 yards per game in the three games that Rob Gronkowski missed. He sure and did. was on pace for 140 targets and 11.3, 10.3, yards per target for Gordon, one of the most efficient wide receivers in the league last year. If he plays 16 games, he might just be a top 20. He might be better than Adam Thielen. He might be. He might be. 10.4 yards per target. 10.4? But, mm-hmm. but, not, but not in PPR, I don't think, because Gordon is a huge yards per catch guy, career 17.4 yards per catch. In those three games without uh, without Rob Gronkowski, he had 100 yards, 130 and a touchdown, and then 81 yards. And, you know, based on those averages, okay, it's only three games, but how good were those games? Uh, eighth best in non-PPR, 15th best in PPR. Uh, so, yeah, and then, so Dave, why don't you tell me where you have these guys ranked and who they're around, Antonio Brown and Josh Gordon. Sure. So I still, for now, have Antonio Brown as a end of second, early round three pick. It's going to change probably sometime this week when he doesn't come back to Raiders camp. And if he doesn't come back to Raiders camp, that tells you just all how all out he is. Gordon, I think of more as a round six pick. I guess I'm a little more tentative about buying into him than I am other receivers. I've got, where do I rank? I'm looking at it right now. I've got Josh Gordon. Mm-hmm. I got Melvin. Josh Gordon is um, ahead of Allen Robinson, Alshon Jeffrey, Dee Dee, Mike Williams, 
Curtis Samuel. There's going to come a point in your draft where you're going to say, God, all these wide receivers, I don't know if they can get me to 1,000 yards. And I think Josh Gordon can. So he's probably the last of that group of wide receivers that I would look at with a 1,000-yard, seven-touchdown type of lens. I think he can get there, provided he plays 13-plus games, for all the reasons that we talked about. Mm-hmm. And and the fact that he played so well without Gronk, those three games, I think that just adds to the optimism. I'm going to add one more thing. I was at the Kings Classic this weekend. It's a, it's a two-draft-in-one-day event with a bunch of other analysts from other sites. And there is not as much excitement about Josh Gordon with some other respectable names in the business. And I don't, I don't understand why that is. I, I guess it's just because they're worried about a relapse or, you know, you, you draft him and he comes week one and he's out of shape. Who knows? There's just a lot of question marks still. But we saw a video of him working out with Tom Brady. He looked fine then. We know the Patriots tend to do the right thing when it comes to preparing their players for games. Uh, all these things combined provide optimism for me on Josh Gordon. I'm just, I'm not going to get him in round five, especially if I'm drafting with Heath and Jamie. It sounds like they will take him before me. But if if I'm in a draft without Heath and Jamie and he's there in round six, I'm going to take him. Okay. Real quick, guys, would you rather have Calvin Ridley or Josh Gordon? I have Ridley ranked higher. Ridley. 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 Okay. Uh, Cooper Cup or Josh Gordon? Cup. Yep. All right, so but he's he's probably just after them. Uh, buy or sell? New England wide receiver Jacoby Myers is worth drafting. So, yeah, sell. He might have been if Josh Gordon hadn't been reinstated. Yep. He's had, right. had a really good camp, but if Edelman and Gordon and James White are all there, they're just not enough targets. Buy or sell? Darwin Thompson is going to win people their fantasy leagues. Bye. Yeah, uh, but it's not going to happen right away. There will there'll come a time this year where Darwin Thompson will be very helpful for your fantasy team, just like Damian Williams was last year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so so Dave, what's your takeaway after talking to Andy Reid about the Chiefs running backs? Well, Reid still isn't going to come out and say what he's going to do. He he. When I asked him if he was still using a committee, he said that, quote, we could do that. I, I think Carlos Hyde just doesn't offer much of anything that Damian Williams or Darwin Thompson can't do, or Daryl Williams for that matter. And they save a million bucks off the cap if they cut Carlos Hyde. I, I think Carlos Hyde is in trouble. The fumble, I guess it doesn't really matter because he went right back in after he fumbled the ball against Pittsburgh on his third carry. But Willie, I, I got an up-close look at Damian Williams. He looks strong. He doesn't look like as small of a running back as he's been before. Uh, Darwin Thompson is definitely short. Um, not quite as thick as the Chiefs would have you believe, but he can win the edge on those outside runs every single time. Uh, he was he was pulling forward with defenders on him for short gains. He's a good receiver out of the backfield. And if you go back and watch the touchdown that Chad Henney threw to McCole Hardman, he laid an amazing block out to keep a rusher off of Chad Henney. And it was the second time in the game that he did that. And there aren't a lot of rookies that are great pass protectors right away. You can ask Tony Pollard about that. Well, yes. Yeah, so I, I think that the, this is the duo, Adam. This is the duo. If you're going to draft Chiefs running backs, Damian in round three, Darwin in round nine or round 10, get one, get both, feel good. The only thing I'll, I'll push back on is I, I'd be really surprised if a Carlos Hyde preseason fumble had anything to do with the roster decision. He's not had a fumble problem in his career. He's fumbled four times in the last two seasons, and that's over 400 touches. Yeah, I I don't. Th- he's not a fumbler. It's nine times in the last three seasons, 
And I'm, he didn't lose every single right. one. Of it's them, eleven but. times in his whole career. Right. Because he just doesn't have a he doesn't have a fumbling. Who's ball. a better late round running back, Darwin Thompson or Tony Pollard? Thompson. For now. I'll still say Thompson. Yeah. Yes, Thompson. I mean, obviously, if Ezekiel Elliott is still a no show in like six days, then that could change pretty quickly. The minute Ezekiel Elliott shows up, you're going to see Pollard not get drafted in mostly. Yeah. I mean, yeah, but but at the same time, like, I feel like he has to be drafted right now. And if you do draft sure. Zeke, Pollard looks really good. So, and, and Jerry Jones likes him. So, uh, you know. All right, so, okay, there we go. That, that's fine. Uh, buy or sell. CJ Anderson is going to have enough of a role to prevent a Carrion Johnson breakout. I, I guess here's my question. If Carrion Johnson plays 16 games and averages 85 yards a game per last year, like he did last year, did he break out? He was on his way. because Yeah, because I, I think he'll be just as good as he was last year. It's just whether he plays 16 games. Anderson's going to have a role. Um, I expect Carrion to catch more passes, but... He's I, there's plenty of touches for CJ Anderson to get a few and carry on to still break out. I'll sell. Okay, that works. Buy or sell. Jalen Samuels is going to have enough of a role to anger James Conner owners. Bye. I'm not buying it enough. I, I think Jalen Samuels is good. Can't deny that. I liked watching him play against the Chiefs, and obviously you saw what he did last year. But I still think the Steelers view Conner as their primary back. There might be a couple times this season where Samuel steals some numbers from Connor and it makes you a little upset, but I don't think it's going to be enough to make you regret drafting James Connor. It just didn't seem like Samuels was really in there when Connor was in there. It seemed like Connor got all his work and then they just turned it over to Samuels. It didn't seem like a real duo, you know? I don't think it is. It's true. It just but it doesn't mean that's what it will be going forward, but that was my interpretation. Well, and one other part of it is that I believe was this was Connor's first preseason game. So maybe they just really wanted to get him going a little bit. He, I believe he played three series with the Steelers, and then Samuels had some work. Samuels was mixing in with Benny Snell. Right. Um, so I, I agree with you. I think they look at Jalen Samuels as the backup to Connor. He does offer some traits that make him interesting in the offense. He's a good player. He is a good player. He's got a better player in front of him. Would you take Jalen Samuels or Darwin Thompson? Darwin. Darwin. Jalen. Mm. All right. Okay, guys. Um, let's. No, uh, no, no, I'm sorry. Darwin. Darwin. Oh, Darwin. Darwin. Uh, that made more sense. Uh, one more, real quick. Buy or sell. Malcolm Brown is Todd Gurley's handcuff. Buy. <sighs> that's Man. an interesting buy because what what have we seen to believe that? Nothing, and that's the I'm point because he didn't play. And Todd and Sean McVay doesn't play his valuable players, and he didn't play ah. Malcolm Brown. And he told us that Malcolm Brown was the backup at the beginning of camp. Works for me. All right. Yeah, we'll it's it. hard to trust Daryl Henderson right now. Malcolm Brown, your handcuff right now for Todd Gurley. Oh boy, we got a lot to talk about when we come back. More preseason winners and losers. Going to tell you about our telethon and a pizza eating contest that I cannot wait for. Going to read some podcast league entries, break down those uh, rounds three and four running backs right after this quick break. The perfect combination of versatile athleisure and training apparel has arrived. Thanks to the visionary minds of New Balance, Clutch Athletics, and Rich Paul, the designs reflect the heart of the athlete and the spirit of the community. With rising defensive football stars Will Anderson and Chase Young on the roster, Clutch Athletics brings the best innovative gear to all athletes, giving them style and performance on and off the field. 
Learn more and purchase Clutch Athletics at newbalance.com. We are very excited for our Fantasy Football Today telethon, noon to 6 p.m. Eastern on Thursday. And Jamie, why don't you tell us uh, a little bit about it if you could? Sure. Um, it is uh, to raise money for the St. Jude Children's Hospital. It's going to be awesome. We have uh, several former NFL players that are going to be joining us. Uh, some of the best fantasy guys that we've talked about over the last several years. Guys like Roddy White, Matt Forte, um, uh, Eddie Lacy, Dwayne Bowe. It's going to be fun to have those guys tell some stories about their playing career and probably some of their fantasy uh, um, uh, people that bother them about their fantasy follies in some cases. We're going to have some professional wrestlers join us as well. Um, all of our cast of characters that you're used to seeing on our site, from Pete Prisco, Drink, to Brian McFadden, Danny Cannell, uh, all of us here. Uh, the guys from the Pick 6 podcast are going to be here. And again, I, I think the biggest thing, though, is that we're raising money for the St. Jude Children's Hospital. You have the chance to win some, some uh, win, have some chance to uh, auction. What do we say? Buy some stuff? Buy some stuff. Uh, yeah, win at auction. Yeah. Um, win in an auction, uh, some, some pretty cool things from, uh, Ben Roethlisberger signed football, uh, a, uh, championship belt from the WWE, a, um, a lot of autograph stuff that we've been collecting over our, our, our camp, um, trips. But I think the coolest thing though, again, is that we're trying to, you know, help, um, kids in, in obviously some, some tough situations and just one story just to relate, uh, and it ties in, you know, what we do here. Um, there's, uh, a guy has been emailing me for years. Uh, his name is Chad, and you know, asking for fantasy advice. And you know, when he found out we we're doing the telephone, he wrote in about his son Quinn, who's almost six, who's uh, dealing with a cancer situation. And you know, he uh, he really wants to help in any way that he can uh, to, to raise money. He's doing a fundraiser himself in Memphis uh, in December to you know help raise money for his son. And you know, hearing stuff like this, you know, really hits home. You know, we all have kids uh, ourselves here, and. You know, you hear about somebody that's, uh, you know, dealing with something. I've never met Chad. I, I know, you know, uh, very little about him, but, you know, I've, I've communicated with him for probably about, you know, seven, eight years. And, uh, you know, really rooting for him and his son and, you know, anything we can do on our part, you know, while we're talking fantasy football to help raise money is, um, you know, something I think that would, you know, I think yeah. mean a lot to him and mean a lot to us. And, 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 you know, the more we can do, the better. So any donations you can make would be, uh, be fantastic. I tweeted out the, the link of, where you can raise money. We'll be talking about that all throughout the week and, and certainly on Thursday. Sure. I'll post it in the Facebook group. We'll mention it on Twitter. And if you want to watch the telethon, please do. Noon Eastern on Thursday, cbssports.com, CBS Sports, the, the CBS Sports app, if you want to watch that, on Roku, Apple TV, Amazon Fire, and uh, we appreciate it in advance. The Podcast League, still accepting your entries for the Podcast League at fantasyfootball at cbsi.com. Please put Podcast League in the subject line. Give me something creative. And I think I'm going to make three leagues this year, actually, instead of just two. Uh, but I don't think we'll be part of the third one. It's just kind of one for listeners. Oh, uh, there's going to be an episode in our feed tomorrow that's going to throw you off a little bit. It's going to be the Pick 6 Takeover. Will Brinson's going to host it. They're going to take over the uh, the feed. So you'll have six episodes this week instead of five. I'll publish it on Tuesday night. And uh, the Pick 6 crew is going to, going to do about a half hour. I think one of the guys, Jamie Dave or Heath, will be on with them. So looking forward to that. I'm going to be on the Pick 6 podcast, uh, you know, just kind of a little cross-promotion. We have other podcasts you want to listen to, cbssports.com slash podcast. Check them all out. And we haven't done Team Name Tuesday yet, but we forgot about this story tradition on our show, Team Name Tuesday. 
Send in your team names. Put We've team all names forgot about it. in the subject line, and we're all going to have a great time as I laugh and nobody else does. Are there any other preseason winners or losers that you guys want to talk about? There's, there's a bunch. Let's go. I, I'd like to start with the Jets. I continue to be impressed with Sam Darnold, who was very accurate, working with Robbie Anderson, working with Quincy Inunua. Uh, Jamison Crowder didn't have many targets, but he played in the game. I, I, I think no targets. I, right. I think, I think Sam Darnold is going to help guys like Robbie and Crowder, Chris Herndon when he comes back, and obviously Le'Veon Bell put up some good numbers this year. And what impressed me the most is that he was doing it with an offensive line with four backups starting in the preseason game. Wasn't rattled by Falcons' pass rush. I think they got to him once. I think Sam Darnold is not going to be a great fantasy quarterback. I don't know if you need to draft him. But if you have any worries about Robbie Anderson or Crowder or Le'Veon, I think it helps that Sam Darnold looks like the genuine article. Yeah, I just I need one of those guys to not be very involved in the passing game because if all, if Crowder and Anderson and Bell are all three heavily involved and then Hernan comes back and Sam Darnold's not a starting fantasy quarterback, one of those guys is going to be terrible. There's not enough targets. Could part of the problem be that just Sam Darnold could be a a 18 to 21 type of fantasy point producer? I, I, may, so I may take the over on that. You don't have to draft it that way, but I, I think if if these guys all can click, which I don't think is a huge stretch, you know, because you're, you're looking at, you know, Anderson's obviously been productive at points in his career. Crowder's had some moments. We know what Le'Veon's capable of doing in the passing game. And I don't want to, um, I'll speak for myself, if Herndon wasn't suspended, he'd be a top 12 tight end. So By now he probably would be, yeah. Uh, I had it ranked that way before the suspension came down. So, you know, I, I think there's a lot to like about what the, the surrounding things are for Darnold. And it's, you know... Baker obviously showed us he could be a good fantasy quarterback last year. Lamar Jackson's a little bit different because of his rushing. You could put Josh Allen in that same category, but nobody seems to be as high as Josh Allen. This group of quarterbacks is good, and they're good for a reason. And and Darnold's the one that's getting overlooked, understandably so. Uh, you know, you have Adam Gase with the crazy eyes and what he did in Miami. And nobody wants to buy into it. Smelling because salts. That's, right. You know, it's just Love it feels it. like there's a little little bit of a wackiness to it. But I don't have a problem if, if you uh, – if you do draft two quarterbacks and, and Darnold's the one you take a flyer on in a one-quarterback league, sure, just to see how this all plays out. All right, let's get more winners. I'm, gonna, I'm just going to say Chris Carson, just really running ahead of Rashad Penny. Yep. And in a, in, look, I, I don't know what they're going to do in the regular season, but based on preseason week two, more heavily weighted toward Carson. And he had two targets than I anticipated. More heavily weighted toward him compared to Penny. So, you know, I, I'd say Carson... He's been rising, and it's justified. Yep. Uh, I'll take somebody who didn't play, Andrew Luck. Cool, yeah. Look good in those Which little Which is little also drills. good for the other Colts players, by the way. <laughs> the fact that he was just moving around. You know, the one thing Chris Ballard said was his lateral movement. Well, what did he come out and show you? Purposely, I'm sure, is that he's moving around. You know, and yet that's on the heels of the report of uh, Chris Mortensen that there's optimism that'll play for week one. So uh, he, he's, he's back for me as a starting fantasy quarterback. Heath Winters? Uh, well, I was going to say Ty Montgomery. We talked enough about the Jets. Um, I got one. I don't know that... I, I got one. Kalen Balazs is obviously a huge winner because of Kenyon Drake's injury, and they didn't even play him in this game, obviously trying to protect him, I think, because of Drake's status. So mm-hmm. I, I guess Balazs. There's, there's another one uh, that we sort of touched on part of it. Uh, Tom Brady's a winner with oh, yeah. Josh Gordon coming back. You know, I mean, if you were... 
if you were out on Tom Brady, which <laughs> the industry was, and and people doing their drafts already were for obvious reasons. You know, you lose Gronk, you lose all the receivers that he lost, and you know, you're older. Plus, he didn't play very well down the stretch, fantasy wise. So now you give him a, a a legit second weapon, and he's a he's a big winner. You know, so I would draft him at this point over Kyler Murray. I've got him ahead of Kyler, ahead of Breeze, and ahead of Russell Wilson. Yeah, I'm not really. There. Yeah. Okay. Not there. Yeah, me either. I just they're gonna run the ball so much. I mean, Brady. Like, I feel like Brady's gonna finish well, around where he did last year, QB twelve. He's gonna. When be we're fine. talking about Brady, Wilson, and Breeze, who do you think has the most pass attempts out of that group? <laughs> With the way the Seahawks Probably. defense, right? Apart. I'm starting to think it's Wilson. Think it's Wilson, but it might not be much more than Brady. I think Brady has the most, and I, 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 Breeze, I think, is dead last between just the way that things have been know. going for him, and now Taysom Hill, like the way he showed in the preseason game, who knows what he's going to. Breeze could go backwards by fifty, and Wilson could come up by forty, and Breeze would still have more than Wilson. No, I, I agree with you. I think I think Wilson's last in terms of pass attempts, but I do think that. Uh, to Adam's point about him finishing 12th, I think it's 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 a very good chance that he does that. Yeah, he's good. And like you know, you 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 can make. I mean, like I I I know Heath and I are fighting over Lamar Jackson, but uh, you can make a case he's better than Lamar Jackson, safer than Lamar Jackson. He is safer than Lamar Jackson for right. sure. I just don't it, think it's, Brady has top five upside personally. It, agreed. I I think the one thing about uh, the quarterback position this year, and we may look back on it foolishly, is the guys who are tried and true of Wilson, Breeze, Brady, Rivers, Roethlisberger. And we all have them in different ways. Uh, you know, who we like, who we don't like. They may end up still being top 10 guys. And the Kylers and the Jacksons and... Um, i trying to think of the guys like we're rushing up the... Baker, Winston. Baker, Winston, Wentz, you know, for health reasons. Um, but at least he's shown you some. But yeah, Baker and, and Winston uh, are just flops. Well... I mean, which which shows you the, how you can wait and still be good at that position. Oh yeah, oh yeah, for sure. Um, okay, last thing, Lashawn McCoy. Don't forget about Lashawn McCoy. He had a one-yard rushing touchdown. He's still their starting Yay. running back. He's alive. Yay. Top thirty first three weeks of the season. It might be more than that. Might be top twenty-four. I don't right. know why you guys think the Jets' run defense is going to be so bad. They I just, know they, they, they lost just Avery Williams. Lost Avery Williams. Yeah, but they they've drafted they two defensive tackles front. as five as top five picks in the last three years. They might not yep, have that. And bad they still have C.J. Mosley. I'm, weren't they bad last year? They were terrible. Quinn Williams is Quinn an Williams. absolute beast. He is a beast. They've drafted Sorry for young. they've drafted beasts over and over and over again. And they're they've had terrible. good run defenses. They've had really good run defenses when they had Wilkerson and Sheldon Richardson. They had they're, they're going to be very, they're going to be very be good. good. It doesn't it doesn't look. You don't have to draft Lashawn McCoy to start him, but to Heath's point, it would not be a surprise if he's good. And it's also factoring in the other two games that they play. Yeah, at the, the Giants, Giants in Week and, Two, uh, and Bengals, Bengals, Cincinnati Week Three. Yeah, yeah, great start for McCoy. He's still alive. I still like Devin Singletary with a late round pick. He may be involved in the passing game. He had three catches for twenty five yards. Um, all right, we got to take another break here. The losers are, I'm just say the Cardinals. When we come back, we got to talk about those round mm-hmm. three and round four running backs. Break it down and try to help you win your league. We'll be right back on Fantasy Football Today. 
What's up, everyone? I want to tell you about a car that you are going to love. Check it out. The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The all-new Hyundai Santa Fe's features like available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, I love that, available dual wireless charging pads, ensure that you can take on any adventure. So let's say you're ready to take the family on a camping trip or something like that. The Santa Fe is perfect for you. You've got all-wheel drive. You can load everyone up in the third row. It's time to start being adventurous, and you need the right car, and that's the Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. All right. Welcome back, everybody. It's been a fun show so far. A lot of storylines over the weekend. Also, a lot of podcast league entries. And again, cbsi.fantasyfootball at cbsi.com. And here's why you need to know the email address. Here's one of the entries we got from Mike from Simpleton Anywhere. Dear Stan, Kyle, Eric, and Kenny. Those are South Park dudes. I am writing this email hoping to get a pity invite into the podcast league. I've been listening for eight years, eight or nine to both the football and the baseball podcasts, and I've written probably 50 emails without ever getting a response. I thought you guys were jerks, but as it turns out, I'm an idiot. For years, I was writing to fantasyfootball at cbseye.com. Yes, that's right. I is an eyeball because the CBS logo either is an eye or at least looks like one. So I'm asking to have some sympathy for the simpleton that is me. Love the podcasts. All right, yeah. Well, I'm not going to necessarily put you in the league. But thank you. Lesson learned. It but is... I'm going to read an email mocking you. What? Yeah, of course. No, he's in. He's in. No, Jamie, because you don't get to make that decision. The wrong address. He's in. That's a, that is such a no. You, we have a lot he's of really in. good Wait entries. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. We each get one exemption. No, we he's don't. In. No, no I get five. who the he's hell in. said that? No, I am making he's the in. rules for the podcast league. You do not. Right, I'm so, so tired of what, Jamie Eisenberg every year. What's his name? I don't get. No. What's his name? No. I'll just look at your notes for the first time ever. What's his name? It's not in my notes. This is from Doug Smith in Maryland. Here's a nice poem. I think Doug is and Ernest is get also in. in from the radio show for uh, calling. Listen, Ernest? Jamie, uh, you yeah. have given away every spot in the podcast league. You need to stop. We're now up to a 2018 that. podcast league. You right, said there's three leagues. Give these two guys one of the spots. Okay, maybe I will. But we have hundreds of entries. There are a lot of good ones. Relax. I've only said two. Here we go. Before. God, why does he do that, everybody? He, I can't he, take it. I can't take I can't, it. I, I cannot take it anymore. <laughs> The only good Maybe thing. Maybe we just need a podcast league just for Jamie. All right, here we go. I'm talking now. Twas the day of the draft and all through the league, every owner was stricken with Azer fatigue. As Jamie and Heath wax sardonic and classy, and Dave claims that Bill is from West Tallahassee. The CBS boys educate and throw down a laugh in the keys to a fantasy crown. So with breakouts and busts played on loop in my ear, beads of sweat on my brow meant that draft time was near. All the cheat sheets were piled on the table with care in hopes that Mahomes in round three would be there. With sleepers on foredesk and breakouts on aft, I had what I needed to cruise through this draft, so I steadied my nerve and I readied my mouse and blocked out all the chaos and noise in the house. Somehow I forgot that this ought to be fun as I stiffened my back for the start of round one. I had the first pick we'd drawn just before, had my pick of the lot from among the big four. I'd nail it, of course, and get started off well, but then somehow I clicked on Sir Le'Veon Bell. Oh no, cried my voice. That's not what I meant, but my poor fate was sealed. My draft pick was sent. It's okay, I lamented. I still can come back. In rounds two and three, I can outsmart the pack. 
So I doubled my focus and sharpened my stare, and I prayed that a bargain awaited me there. I focused on value and trusted good sense, but found myself drafting a a flipping defense. Sorry. In round three, the plot grew decidedly thicker when I hovered and clicked on a middling kicker. With virtual laughs ringing loud in my ears, I tossed and I turned in my puddle of tears. Then I bolted upright in my bed in the dark and lost all the sounds of the sneers and the snark. The panic receded as well as the sorrow. My draft, it would seem, was not till tomorrow. That's very good. The other guy was better. No, he wasn't. Okay. Yeah, yeah, give it, Give it to the CBSI guy. You, <laughs> you're the worst. All right, rounds three and four running backs. Let's just E-Y-E. go through it. Uh, you tell me how you feel about him. You can spell entry with E-Y-E, right? You cannot spell entry. <laughs> I without like how you thought about that. <laughs> E-Y. Just E-Y. E-N-T-R-Y. Um, uh, I'm going to say a name. Tell the, tell the E-Y-E guy to e- email me personally, and I'll give him my spot. You're not giving away your spot, JB. You're in the podcast league. No, no. I'm having a, a, a team shared by five people. Ernest, this guy. <laughs> Look, I hope you all are watching collective. the video because like <laughs> I can't take it. Want to see the look of frustration? He JB does this to me every year, like five times a year. He's like, "Oh, put that person in the podcast league." He gives away every yeah spot. because I'm nice. You're mean. Make another okay, JB. You commission another league. All right, here we go. No, no, no. You're perfect for it. Chris Carson. Just give me your quick thoughts, Chris Carson. I like him Love a lot. Him. Yep, lots of targets and touches, and he has risen up my draft board, and he's the, one of the best of the round three and four running backs. I'm writing a nice apology to him this week. <laughs> By the way, I am starting after Leonard Fournette and Carryon Johnson, Dalvin Cook, in case those guys make it to the third round. We're starting after that. All right, Carson we like. Josh Jacobs. I, I would take Carson in round two. Wow. Woo! Wow. wow. Late round two. Give him to me. Uh, I don't want to be the low guy on Josh Jacobs, but I look at his name and his placement on this list, and um, there are many running backs listed below him that I would rather draft than him. So that's why I keep putting my bus column. I'm sorry. You shouldn't have to apologize. Well, I'll say this. Offense going to look weird without Antonio Brown there. Right. That's the new strike against him if there's any strike against him. Think about all the running backs that did great in Pittsburgh. It was because Antonio Brown was part of the crew taking the top off. If he's not there, I don't I don't know if Tyrell Williams can be that guy for Oakland. I know he thinks he can, but I think it'll make it harder on Jacobs. Well, let me just frame this discussion a little bit. I'm giving you an order that's not necessarily reflective of ADP, and I do think that this entire group of running backs, for most of them, there are 10 that I'm going to mention, it's justifiable to, justifiable to take in any order. You know, it's a tier. So there's that. And then I really want to know how much confidence you have or if you're or if you feel like you're wavering. So what would you so say? Confidence to sum it up? I don't want to necessarily meter it. But what would you say to sum it up on Josh Jacobs? Three. <laughs> Six. <laughs> Seven. OK. Devante Freeman. Seven. Six. Actually, my favorite of this group, I've got him one spot ahead of Chris Carson. And I think he's going to be very good and worthy of a third-round pick. Just stay healthy. Who gets I don't more? See much, that's all he has to do. Okay. I, I don't. I don't see much difference between him and and Dalvin Cook, and in some cases, Carry On Johnson, Leonard Fournette. Who gets more touches, Josh Jacobs or Devontae Freeman, per game? Jacobs. The same. Uh, I would say Jacobs. Um, barely. Jacobs barely. Okay. 
Marlon Mack. I'm starting to get a little worried. Just a little. I, I, this is the range for him, for sure. But I'm just, I don't know. I, there, there's things about him I like. There's things about him that I don't like. I'm worried about the injuries. I'm worried about him getting usurped in the red zone by all the other targets that Indianapolis has. Not sure he's a great running back. I love him in this range, uh, more so in non-PPR than PPR. I think he's going to have a tremendous season given this offensive line. I know they have not looked great in the preseason, but there's been a significant guy missing. And if Andrew Luck is healthy, Marlon Mack is going to be a superstar. You're talking about the line, somebody missing from the line, or you're talking about Luck missing? If you haven't noticed. That's true. Uh, The offensive line was without their two best players in their last preseason game as well. I view him a lot like Jacobs. I'm fine with him in the mid to late fourth, but I'm scared in the third. So Marlon Mack, what, what concerns me about him just looking at the game log is that it was really easy for him to have a bad game. You know, all it took was either they were trailing or they faced a really good run defense. It just, it seemed like it was easy to derail him because a lot of his production was like in these, these massive games, you know, at Oakland, you get like 20 carries or something. And then he had, he had uh, five games out of 12 with 12 or fewer carries so it just felt like there were there was an easy path for derailment with Marlon Mack, uh, and I feel the same way. Anytime you anytime you've got a a, a potential to come off the field in passing downs, uh, then you can be derailed by a bad game script. Okay. Yep. End of story. Um, Aaron Jones, I think one of the trickiest players, guys. Aaron Jones. I agree. That's the best way to put it because the talent is there, but the schedule sucks for him. We know that he's got some injury concerns. He's already battled back from a hamstring injury. He's not going to be the every down back. He might be the lead back for the Packers. But I'm concerned about his workload and him being healthy for 14 games, 13 games. I don't, I'm not ready to invest with him in a top 35 pick, which is where his ADP is. Same thing I said about Mac and Jacobs. I like him slightly more than those two. Um, but... They're right in that same range. Good fourth-round pick. Aaron Jones. Jamie, thoughts on Aaron Jones? No, agreed. I, I think it's 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 hard to say that he's uh, he's he should be ahead of these guys. I think he's behind them. Not not the entire list, the guys we've talked about already. So the guys we talked about already, just to refresh, are Chris Carson, Josh Jacobs, Devontae Freeman, and Marlon Mack. I'm so I'm like seduced by the potential of Aaron Jones. But yeah. As a player, I, he's course. a superstar. Yep. I get that. He's an unbelievable downhill runner. He's a better-than-you-know pass catcher out of the backfield. But just the, the negatives, the track record of Packers running backs with Aaron Rodgers, it makes me nervous. Okay. Mark Ingram. I thought he looked great in the preseason game. I just, uh, he's older. He doesn't have the wear and tear of a typical 29-year-old running back. It's a great offense to be in if you're a running back. I am a little concerned about other running backs in Baltimore taking touches away from him, and I am very concerned about Lamar Jackson taking numbers away from him in short yardage goal line situations and probably just in general. We know that Lamar Jackson's going to run a lot, and it, it could leave Mark Ingram with some really ugly games. When you look at the average draft position, if you're watching the, the show on the YouTube page, uh, and if you just look at the CBS Sports ADP, you're, you're talking Josh Jacobs round three, Freeman round three, Mack round three, Aaron Jones, round three. Mark Ingram, end of round four. That is fantastic value for what he could be in this offense. Yeah, I, I just, I think mostly that that's the way, like, I, those guys are too high. Mark Ingram's right where he should be. 
Yeah, I think we're. I think it seems like we're higher in general on this group of running backs than you are, Heath. Like, if you're talk, taking all of these guys in round four, I'm not sure how this you're getting. Where he takes his kicker. I don't think that like you're. I don't think that's true in regards to Freeman. I don't think it's true in regards to Carson. I'm not sure it's true in regards to a couple of running backs that are left on the list. Okay. But the middle range, Jones, Mac, Jacobs, Ingram, yeah, that's probably true. Okay, okay, good. That's a good way to frame it. Uh, Damian Williams, Damian Williams, he's he's back in the round three range for me. In PPR for sure, yeah, yeah, I agree. There. PPR, yes, uh, j- just outside and in, in non PPR, you still have to factor in injury and some other guys taking touches, whether it's Hyde making the team or not. For what it's worth, in the final six games, including the postseason, when he started getting work. He was on pace for 205 carries and 64 catches. It's not a great workload, but it's not bad. And no reason why it can't go up. Uh, There's plenty in this offense. Yeah, right, right. Yeah, That's you great. don't need more than that. If, if you promise me that, I'm taking him in round two, not round three. Might be a first-round pick if we get 260 touches. Yeah. Okay. David Montgomery. I love that the Bears, well, I mean, the Bears rested everybody in their preseason game against the Giants, but he was among them. I think they know what they've gotten him. I think he's going to lead Chicago easily in touches, uh, total yards, touchdowns, and round four is where I'm going. He, he's. It's very hard for me to still rank Ingram ahead of David Montgomery, but I'm doing it. But I think they're both great late round four picks. All I'm worried about is the touches, and he is my lowest ranked guy that we've talked about so far. Jamie, Montgomery? I think I think round round four is if you're all in on Montgomery. If you just like him and you want to see how this all plays out, round five is probably the sweet spot for him. Um, and if you're like Heath, you just want to avoid him, then you pull for him in round six. But I don't think he's going to get No way. I, I mean, he's going to go in round three in, in drafts, in some drafts, David Montgomery. Like, he's going to be in this I don't mix. think round three. I, I do. I mean, I feel like... All right, I think he's a top 40 pick. You know, maybe... Well, as in you, you would take him as a no, top forty I, pick, or you think I don't know. That's just what know. his ADP is going to be. I, I well, think if people it's are going to overall, and you need a running back, and he's there, and Marlon Mack is there, and Mark I, Ingram's there. I take the other guys he, over him. I would too, but if they're gone, like if it's if it's David Montgomery, Derrick Henry, Sony Michelle, is it even close? In non PPR, right it's close to me with Michelle. I'd rather have Michelle in non PPR. But I, I take ex- Montgomery. You take Montgomery. I expect Montgomery to catch passes, right? I mean, more than Jordan Howard did. Absolutely. That's my fear for three calling. Mm-hmm. All right, so uh, Derrick Henry. You can have him. <laughs> no, thanks. I, I will be a little more optimistic, but it, it's more to me like if you get him in round five, I think it's good value in non-PPR. We know that he'll get over this calf injury. We know he's been working on the side. They know what they're going to do Dave. with him. We know. We know, yes. There are reports about him working on the side. In, in <laughs> well, I mean, you say we know that he'll get over it. You, you don't know. Well, he's on his... Okay, fine. I don't know for sure that he is going to get over it, but it sounds like he's trending in the direction of being ready for week one. Okay. What and, that means in this godforsaken odd offense that he's in in Tennessee, I have no idea, but he's another running back that's going to get 15-plus touches a game and work the goal line. And when you see those in round five... I think you got to take him. Last one here. He's, he's my least favorite guy of this group. Tevin Coleman. Do you like Tevin Coleman better than Derrick Henry? Leaps and bounds better. I like Tevin Coleman better than almost every running back on this list. Really? I'm with you. I do. 
Woo. Uh, I'm hot. taking Tevin. No, I'm taking Tevin over Derrick Henry. Uh, go ahead, Heath. Professor Yeah, my Love. top four would be free and PPR would be Freeman, Carson, Williams, and Tevin Coleman. I just don't know when you look at a lot of these other running backs and the upside that we've given them, and it exists. We were so worried about the committee in San Francisco, and it's still going to be a committee, but most of these other running backs are not getting 18 touches per game. Coleman has been a top 25 running back with a limited workload, and I would expect that we're going to see his touches go up slightly. I do think he's the most likely now, unless Jarek McKinnon makes a miraculous recovery and is ready for week one, I think he's the most likely to be involved in pass-catching situations. He may be the most likely to be involved in short yardage. I, I've got him as a top 20 running back in both formats, and I do believe there's top 12 to 15 upside. Okay, so let's go. Everybody give your top four again. That was a good idea, Heath. Start with you and then Dave and Jamie. Top four from this group of 10. Freeman, Carson, I gave five. but No, four. Freeman, Carson, Damian, Coleman. Uh, for me, it's Damian, Carson, Jacobs, I'm sorry. That's not right. It's Carson. I, I see Jacobs out of Damian Williams, and I hesitate. For now, I've got Jacobs out of Damian Williams. I don't know if I'm going to keep that. And then Freeman is fourth. Carson, Mack, Freeman, Jacobs. All right, so we've heard a lot of love for Carson and Freeman as top four in this group of 10. You heard Josh Jacobs for two of the guys. Tevin Coleman, love. A little bit of Marlon Mack. All right, so again, just, just to repeat the names in case you're lost. They were Chris Carson, Josh Jacobs, Devontae Freeman, Marlon Mack, Aaron Jones, Mark Ingram, Damian Williams, David Montgomery, Derrick Henry, and Tevin Coleman. I hope that helps you out. If you go with two receivers to start your your team and you want to take two of these guys, I hope that this was helpful. Um, It seems like we're avoiding Derrick Henry. Tevin Coleman is a big riser. Chris Carson is a big riser. And uh, we'll, we'll continue to monitor the situations and see how things unfold. I'm going to stick around and read some emails at fantasyfootball at cbsi.com. I'm going to say goodbye to the video crew, Dave, Jamie, and Heath. Thank you very much. Don't forget, CBSI, you're in. Well, as you all may have figured out by now, I am plotting to basically take over the show and start doing it by myself. So here's my audition. Mike in Boston, Massachusetts says, Dear Philbert Heifer, Mr. Big Head and really, really, really big man. Well, if uh, that's part of my audition, I have no idea who those people are. So he so Mike's question is is really interesting. You know, do you take the guaranteed stud or, you know, value? They're both such good values here. Ten team PPR, I have the tenth pick. Should I keep Saquon Barkley at tenth overall or Juju Smith Schuster at fiftieth overall? And I th- I am leaning Saquon Barkley there. I could understand a, a case for either one, but I would just take Barkley. You're getting him tenth overall. If everything goes right for both Barkley and Juju, they'll both be great, but uh, but Barkley will be a lot better. And this was uh, Rocco's Modern Life. Rocco's Modern Life. Philbert Heffer, Mr. Big Head, and really, really, really big man. From Kellen. Hi, Ray, Mick, Bunchy, and Terry. That's Ray Donovan. Wonderful show on Showtime. CBS owns Showtime. I play in a 12-team auction league. We get to keep one rookie and one veteran from last year's roster for free. It is non-PPR scoring, two receivers, two running backs, and two flex spots. I'm already keeping Julio Jones, but which rookie should I keep? Out of Ronald Jones, Dante Pettis, Kalen Balage, Royce Freeman, and Anthony Miller. So obviously these are last year's rookies. All right, you might be surprised by my answer, but I am actually going to go with Ronald Jones. I think he will win that job. 
I think he just offers something that Peyton Barber doesn't, and that's like talent. He's better. So I am going to go with, with Ronald Jones there, and especially in non-PPR. I would consider Dante Pettis if it were PPR, but I'll go with one of the running backs. So for me, it was between either Jones or Freeman, and I'm going to go with Ronald Jones. This is from Garrett. My keepers are Tyreek Hill and Le'Veon Bell. I have the second pick of the draft, and I'm anticipating Nick Chubb going first overall. So if that happens, I already have Hill and Le'Veon Bell. That leaves me with George Kittle, on Johnson, Adam Thielen, and Stefan Diggs, or Melvin Gordon. Who should I take? on Johnson is who you should take. You've been listening to the show. We love on Johnson. Take on Johnson. This is from Francisco from a suburb of Phoenix. Where is he from, Dave? That's right. From uh, Francisco, he says, Hey, Shannon, Rob, Antonio, and Tony. Those are tight ends. Those are awesome tight ends. Keep O.J. Howard in the 8th or Hunter Henry in the 13th? <sighs> Heath sigh. Oh. oh, man. I think the 8th round is, is early enough. There's some really good players there. So I'm leaning Henry. I'm leaning Henry. 51% of me says Hunter Henry. 49% says O.J. Howard. It's a toss-up, but round eight, I mean, a five-round difference, Henry in the 13th instead of Howard in the 8th, I think I'd do it. That's just tremendous value for Hunter Henry. All right, Joe, last email here. Hey, Saquon, Alvin, Christian, and Ezekiel. Those are three of the top four running backs and one guy who's currently holding out. In one of my favorite redraft leagues, I have the second pick. It's PPR. I'm going to grab either McCaffrey or Kamara with my first pick, but I'm terrified of my second-round pick. I'm hoping to get either Evans or Keenan Allen and then George Kittle. But in some mocks, neither wide receiver is there, and I feel absolutely helpless. Who would you take if Evans and Allen are both gone? So I think Kittle in round three is, is, a, is a very solid pick. I think on Johnson and Dalvin Cook and Leonard Fournette are in play here. But I also think if you want a receiver, T.Y. Hilton and Adam Thielen would be my two favorites there uh, in that order. T.Y. Hilton, if these are after Evans and Allen. T.Y. Hilton, Adam Thielen, and then those three running backs I mentioned, on Johnson, uh, Dalvin Cook. I think I'd still take Cook over on Johnson. So let's go Cook, on and uh, Leonard Fournette. Those five players plus George Kittle and Zach Ertz are the ones I'd be looking at. Seven overall players for you to choose from. Good luck, Joe. How'd I do, everybody? All right, thanks so much for listening. We're going to come back tomorrow. Will Brinson's joining us on Fantasy Football Today. And then tomorrow night, Tuesday night, Will Brinson's going to take over the Pick 6 Takeover. Give you a bonus episode. Get a little bit different perspective on some of your favorite fantasy players. Thank you so much for listening. I'm Adam Azer. Talk to you tomorrow on Fantasy Football Today.